Welcome to today's edition of The Blazing Grace Show with your trio of hosts, Jason Graves, Rob McIntyre, and Mike Janung. Blazing Grace covers blazing issues with grace-filled answers. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Time to blaze. Here are your hosts, Jason, Rob, and Mike. Have you surrendered all? Well, you may have surrendered your life to Christ, but have you surrendered your sexuality? We're grateful to be with you today, along with our guests here on The Blazing Grace Show, Clay and Renee Cross, where we'll talk about their story and their book, I Surrender All, Rebuilding a Marriage Broken by Pornography. This is Jason Graves, along with my beloved co-host, Rob McIntyre. Beloved. Thank yes. you, Jason. And Mike Janag. And I'm on time. Yes. Today. <laughs> it's on time today. today. Yes. Yeah. Very important to know. Uh, let's welcome our guests. Clay, Renee, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, it's great to be with you. How is it in Memphis today? It is lovely, actually. Excellent. Really oh. a nice day here. Uh, I just came from my church's staff meeting, and uh, just it's beautiful out here. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it's great to have you with us, and uh, I'm looking at your book here. You guys are quite the lovely-looking couple, I just want to say. Very handsome couple. <laughs> smoke and mirrors, smoke and mirrors. <laughs> right, yeah, they can do right. a lot with lighting and makeup. <laughs> right, yeah, that's amazing. Right. My, my eight-year-old keeps me in check because she says, Mommy, this really doesn't look like you. Thanks, honey. Cute. Well, listen, we're, we're grateful to have you both here. And, and, and Renee, so let's talk about your career here. So you're, you're a mommy. How many kids do you all have? We have three. Is that right? Twelve, eight, and one. My goodness. Wow. <laughs> Quite a spread there. My yep. goodness. Yep. Yeah. So one-fourth uh, to, to the 12 disciples, right? <laughs> you're right. you're yeah. on your way. Larry, Curly, and Moe, as I say in my house, for my three. <laughs> but I got all boys, so. Yeah. Oh, Good. yeah. Well, bless you. <laughs> Thank you. Good stuff. And, and Clay, um, I think your most recent uh, album that came out was a, a live worship CD, right? Called That's e- right. Called Eternity With You, right? Yeah, I've been leading worship more and more over the last few yeah. years and serving at my home church and just, you know, really starting to understand the importance of that role mm. and yeah. not even just the, the guy that's in front being the worship leader, but really everyone on stage, the drummer, the bass player, mm-hmm. everybody right. worshiping and leading the congregation to that place. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I hope capture that on the cd just a real purity yeah, right and a real uh focus on christ well like in that one song and i was listening to your cd uh, a couple weeks ago up on my ski, ski trip uh and just playing it over and over again and, and and i noticed you had one one of your guys uh one of your i think your guitarist play uh, a song on there mm-hmm. and sing and i thought wow just how humble that you know it's not about clay and you know the big ego mm-hmm. it's like hey let's worship together and yeah well that's <laughs> That's of utmost importance, I yeah, think, um, absolutely. with with people in ministry. Right. You know, if somebody's in ministry and, and they're going to be self-centered mm-hmm. and, and egotistic, oh, come on, that that pretty much flies in the face of, of our Lord right. you know, and, and mm-hmm. what he encouraged his disciples to be like. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Know, I appreciate you saying that, though. Yeah, well, uh, one last thing, just to kind of uh, just appreciate you a little bit more before we dig in. I want to say I re- what I really love about your your style, Clay, is that you actually say the words that you're singing. Um, you know, it's just such a blessing to be able to hear and understand what a person is saying. I mean, the you boy's clearly got good diction. Doesn't yes, he? The he does. Got good. Clay, hey, hey you got to see our, our producer Ted is just dying, and he hears music all the time. He's rolling over. He almost fell off his chair. Yes, I mean every T is you know crossed and every I is dotted. I love it. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, very important. I didn't know you were this good at uh, taking apart music. Jason. Well, you know, I was in the vocal jazz ensemble in twelfth uh, grade. So I thought it was you know, fifth grade. No, no. But Lavon Watson would be proud. Okay, let me just put it that way. 
Well, listen, let's dig in here. I mean, you've got this great story. Let's hear from you all about this story a little bit. And why don't we have ladies go first a little bit? I'd love to hear your perspective, um, Renee, about what it was like to go through the fire, you know, the discovery of what was going on and, and then having to walk through this with him and then maybe a little bit about your own recovery process. And why don't you begin where you'd like? Sure. Well, um, it was back in the year 1998, and Mm -hmm. I knew that my husband was struggling with something and that God was really um, dealing with him, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. not leaving him alone about something. And I wasn't sure what was going on, but I just knew he was struggling uh, with something. And uh, he came to me one Sunday morning. We were in our um, home church in Brentwood, Tennessee at the time, and and uh, he told me to get a babysitter for our daughters that we needed to talk. Wow. And, uh, you know, guys, I, I just wasn't sure I wanted to go home and find out Yikes. what we needed to talk about. Um, I knew it was heavy, and I was mm-hmm. afraid. Yeah. Um, but that afternoon, we went home after church, and and, um, and Clay began to share with me um, just his lifelong struggle um, with uh, the issue of lust and mm-hmm. pornography and just even took me back to the first time that he was exposed to pornography, which was in the fourth grade. Wow. Um, wow. Which just absolutely just shocked me, just that it was he was such a young child when he uh, first saw those images. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we dated for six years before hmm. we got married and had made a commitment to purity. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew about a couple of magazines that Clay had in his home. And, you know, I made the excuse, well... We're not entering into a sexual relationship. That's just fantasy. Mm-hmm. No one gets hurt. Right, we'll be right. married soon. Um, he'll put that material away. He won't need that anymore. And mm-hmm. um, and really just never thought again, you know, anything about it. Um, I can remember going through premarital counseling with our pastor and him telling us to never allow pornography into our marriage. And I was just so embarrassed right. that our pastor would say that word. And right. why we're going to have sex now? Who would need that? Right. Mm-hmm. And just being very naive um, to just the dangers and the um, the addiction of pornography, I guess you could say. Um, right. But we got married in 1990, and uh, Clay told me for the first six years of our marriage that that was not an issue in his life. He had put it away. Um, wasn't struggling with it, um, but by the year 1996 in our marriage that he slowly um, began seeing some uh, material again. Um, so it uh, just absolutely shocked that it had, mm-hmm. it had entered into our marriage. And, mm-hmm. um, very upset, very angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, quickly shifted, though, to it, I blamed myself. Right. I've heard that from so many women now that we are sharing this testimony that the wives blame themselves, that, that we feel like if we would have done something different, right. lost all the baby weight, they wouldn't have needed that material. Right. And I'll never forget what Clay said to me. He said, I want you to forgive me for allowing this into my life, and it's nothing that you did. This is a problem that I have, an issue of lust that I have that God mm-hmm. is dealing with me on. Praise and God. more important than that, fellas, was that day Clay asked me to forgive him mm-hmm. for failing to be the spiritual leader of our home. Wow. And for failing to be the man of God that he was called to be. Mm, praise God. And that, while it was the darkest revelation day in, in our marriage, mm-hmm. there was also this hope. Mm-hmm. And we sat there in our family room, just both of us in the floor, just in a pile, just crying. Mm. Mm. And it just felt like just a ray of light. Just God was reaching down, 
and going to lift us back up. Mm-hmm. We both were just absolutely weeping before God to, to help us, to get us out of this mess, this situation. Wow. And um, that was the beginning of um, a change, <laughs> a change in, in our lives, a change in our marriage. Um, Clay recommitted his life to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both accepted Christ at a young age, um, both grew up in church, Yet we were very shallow in our relationship with God. And um, boy, the year 1998, God grabbed us both, um, got our attention in a big way. And uh, uh, to say that I'm thankful that that he had to take us down that path um, might sound crazy to people, but I'm thankful for where we are today. Oh, we hear that. (laughs) The situation that brought us there, I'm I'm, I'm thankful that God um, allowed that and um, has used it. And... um, so that's that's kind of the story of what happened, and yeah. and uh, now getting me on board with going out and telling the world about it. Uh, all, is, it's a whole different thing, huh? Yeah, Amen. that was. Yeah, I can remember telling his manager he was crazy. Yeah, uh, right, right. Put it nicely. <laughs> right. Hey, hey, Renee, I do want to say just a comment. Uh, some some things I hear in you, you know, and and I think you know, Jason and I are therapists. We deal with this issue uh, commonly every day. But I, I wanted to say something I hear in you that I think is really good is the fact that you talk about this issue as your issue, mm-hmm. as a couple. And right. it's so uncommon to hear, because oh. we, we get a lot of times people come in our office, you know, a couple, and she'll say, it's his issue, it's his issue. Yeah. And what you see that that does is it just prolongs the healing process yeah. Yeah. for the marriage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And good for you. Good for you for that responsibility. And for exposing the lie, Renee, that, hey, it's only fantasy and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really just his problem and, you know, marriage will fix it. Good for you. Wives, you know, need to hear that. Men need to hear that. It is is not me. Someone asked me at a conference last weekend. They said, you know, I read your book and I just, I, I can't, I can't move on and I can't forgive him Mm. and I can't forget about the things he's told me that he's seen. And I said, you're right. You Mm -hmm. can't. Right. There is nothing in Good. you that can except God. Wow. Except God and the power of God. Right. And I'm telling you what, <laughs> yes, much construction and chipping away had to be done on my heart. Yeah. Uh, but God absolutely is our, our only way through this, yeah. through this. And, you know, we we feel like God has, it's weird to say this, guys, but has gifted us. With that we are still battling this and yep. still dealing with this. It's not like we get up on a stage and say, hey, guys, we're fixed now, and, and right. you can be fixed too. This is something that we know God is allowing to keep us on our knees, mm-hmm. to keep us close to him. And if that's what it takes, that's just where we are, God. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, are, we, we don't want to let go of God's hand again. And I'm telling you, we are still um, in the process of just dealing with this and staying um, – intentional and constantly aware of those um, influences that could be harmful to our marriage. Yeah. Well, you wrote in your book that uh, as Clay was confessing all those things to you, that what helped you to forgive him was when you saw his brokenness. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so many men, yeah. it, it takes them a long time to get to that point. And, right. And so many guys from, from the wives, what I hear is the guys get busted. They get caught. Right, right. So wife walks in, sees it on the Internet, does a check, you know, background check on the, where he's been, the website. <laughs> Boom, he's caught. Um, and then he might confess in, you know, oops, I got busted. Please forgive me. Well, the little boy. Right, that, yeah, know. yeah. I got caught with my hand in the cookie jar. Right. But, you know, just that true brokenness and uh, just seeing, um, you know, that that's 
it, just seeing my husband taking those steps uh, of getting in God's Word, praying, being that spiritual leader for our home, um, watching him just, you know, watching a ball game and him turning off a commercial, you know? Right. It was like, this boy is really trying, you Amen. know? I mean, it's like there are, there are areas that we have no control over, and there, yeah. you know, there are some that we do, but those, you know, just being in a movie or being in a, a, watching a television show and something questionable coming on, mm-hmm. my husband turning that off mm-hmm. showed me that, hey, I'm for real about this. I don't mm-hmm. want this in my life anymore, yeah. and I need you on board with me. And yeah. it was very encouraging. Well, uh, I just want to say, and I know that Clay has done this already, but just on behalf of all the husbands right. out there yeah. that have betrayed their wives and abdicated their position right. of royal priesthood in their family, I hope you can uh, forgive us uh, you know, and, and accept this forgiveness on behalf of all men and just kind of right. symbolically mm-hmm. uh, add to the healing that way, Renee. And thank you for your example to mm-hmm. women, and thank you for your godliness and for your strength and for your courage. Um, I, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit and hear a little bit from, from Clay. So, and by the way, you know, Renee, if you have to go, you know, switch a bottle out or, you know, change it, I understand. <laughs> I may do that. I, may I understand. Run, That's on, okay. That's okay. Children. Yeah, we got that Thank covered. But God. listen, absolutely our pleasure. And, and Clay, you know, you've been very patient. I know that if you're yeah. anything like the rest of us, you know, we, we love that <laughs> mic. And so, you know, so listen, brother, uh, well, why don't we get your take on it a little bit and, and, uh. And hear your side of things. Well, first let me just say, ain't she great? Oh, amen. <laughs> amen. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I mean, am I blessed or what? Amen. Yeah. We need the hallelujah chorus playing right now. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And I I realize that. And yeah. I, if if God has shown me, he's shown me so many things since 1998, but it's uh, to cherish her and to be very thankful for, for God specifically placing her in my life. Yeah. Um. You know, his word tells us that he, that our wives are, are suitable for us, and, mm-hmm. I, and I think that is very specific in his in his planning that that he it wasn't just random. Oh, we met each other and then we got married, but but really he's known about it for all time, mm-hmm. and that he hates divorce. He right. hates he does the idea of people throwing in the towel on his plan. Yes, he does. You know, um, so I just I look back over these last few years and just I'm very thankful. And I just pray that, you know, in this interview and, and Renee's, uh, what she said and what, what, what I'm going to say is that your listeners hear some hope and mm-hmm. feel some hope in their situation because so many men out there are trapped and so many wives uh, feel betrayed and it's just, it goes on and on. I mean, we see it everywhere we go. I mean, right. we, we realize we're not telling some obscure story that many can't relate to. Mm-hmm. And I would say most can relate to it in some way or another. And we feel very called to share this. Appreciate you guys having us on. Oh, our pleasure. I mean, praise God for your wife. It's been said that the most helpful thing to the recovery process is a wife that's supportive of that process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's why we value Renee and all those wives out there who are deciding that, yeah, you know, this isn't just my husband's problem. This is a marriage. This is our problem. Yeah. And I may have had uh, some contribution. I'm not to blame but I may have had some contribution to the problem that I can look at myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the marriage doesn't just fix it. And that, you know, healing is a choice. I have to choose that for myself. Right. So you obviously cho- chose that, Clay. What was that process like for you? Well, I just, I just knew that um, 
that it was something that I had to get real about mm-hmm. and that, that I couldn't hold it in anymore. And, I mean, God made it clear to me that, that it was destroying me and right. that, you know, though I could honestly look Renee in the eye in 1998 and say, hey, I haven't acted out on this, I haven't committed adultery, uh, as is defined in the dictionary, mm-hmm. adultery, but I, according to what Jesus says, I have looked lustfully. On, on, a, on women, right. and, and he said that that's the same to him. So by that standard, I had, and just totally confessed to her that, that pornography was a part of that, and I didn't want it in my life anymore. And as you heard, she, now it, it was difficult. That was the hardest day of our life, I mean, yeah. for me to sit down and tell her this. But I know that God gave me strength to do it, and I began to feel that this was my rededication to Christ. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you've read the book, you, you heard, you saw that Renee also rededicated her life to Christ. So what you had was a Christian couple that was not where they needed to be with God, right. and and they came back to Him. That's why we're so passionate, specifically, to share with Christian couples out there because we know so many of them are hurting. Uh, but for me, that process was amazing, and mm. it was, it almost felt like I just came to know Christ. You know, it felt so new and so real. But I came to realize that, no, I came to know him when I was a little kid. Hmm. I just, I just over my lifetime, like so many people, got very self-centered and um, began to hear the applause that I was hearing because of music and awards I was winning. And it was pushing me in a wrong direction. Yeah. And you know, now that I'm older, I hope that I handle those things in, in, a, in, a, in a more wise way. But you know, back then, I, it took me in a wrong direction that led to my rededication to Christ in 98 and process was just amazing from that point on. I mean, I, I think about the years 99 now and 2000, and I just pray, Lord, I want, I want, that, I want that buzz again <laughs> right. of coming back to a close walk with you, and I don't want, ever want to get stale again right. get, or get uh, complacent or just feel like, okay, I'm at a good place now. I'll just stay here forever because I know that's when we can start to go in the wrong direction. Right. I, I could totally identify with that because I remember when when all my stuff started hitting the fan, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I ended up doing the same thing, getting baptized again, because I, I felt like you, Clay. I felt like my faith prior to to this being revealed was, was shallow. It, mm-hmm. I even sometimes questioned, God, did I really know you? Mm-hmm. Um, could you kind of talk a little bit about that? Because, you know, I don't know if all of our listeners know who you are, but you had pride— quite a remarkable singing career, you know, in the Christian industry. How did, how did you deal with that? You know, having kind of those two sides of life. I mean, that must've been difficult. Well, it's like a lot of people that go to church and really mean it when they go to church and God is an important part of their life. And then they leave church and they go home and they pick up the remote control and they casually graze over to things that, you know, that, Mm that don't glorify God. And, very subtle things that, that most people would say, that's not a problem. I mean, guys, I'm not even talking about pornography here. I'm just talking about shows like Desperate Housewives or, right. or other shows that so, many of the, so much of the world watches, and I know that so many Christians watch and just, right. can justify it. Right. And, you know, and then they go to the workplace and, and you know, are very, very stealthy in their Christianity where, <laughs> where a casual observer might not even know if this person's a believer. Right. I, I was that way. I mean, I could go do concerts sing songs, you know, um, I didn't really look at myself as being in the ministry or being a minister. I just looked at myself as being a Christian entertainer, mm-hmm. and I, I thought, you know, I'll just, I'll do, I'll do good, clean music, and hopefully people have a good time at my concerts, and I'm living out my dream. 
But it wasn't very deep, you know? And when I came back to Christ in a very close way in 1998, started reading His Word like I never had, my prayer life changed, and in turn, what was going on on stage began to change too, because I got way more honest. Mm -hmm. And somewhere in that process, I began to realize, I am in the ministry. Right. I'm a minister. Yeah. And those people that come to my concerts aren't just coming for a good show. They're hurting. They right. have need. They want a word from God. I mean, it's a Christian concert, and it should be that way. You right. know, and, I, and I, I began to look at things differently. And, you know, I'm just it, – it, it's not real easy to describe, well, how could you go do concerts before and, and then live this on the side? But I just really compare it to any Christian that has God – as an important part of their life, but not the center of their life. Right. You know, that, that's really what changed for me in 1998. He took over everything, and I willingly, from my knees, gave him everything. That's the title of the book, I Surrender All. Amen. <clears throat> in the book, you guys both use the word lukewarm a lot mm -hmm. in the first four, five, six chapters, and that really struck me and stuck out. And then what I really loved reading is how you both caught fire for the Lord after that point of brokenness. Oh, man, there's no doubt. I I can look back and see how lukewarm we were and how double-minded, as, as as Scripture describes it, because our mind was, was squarely on the world and on the lures of the world and the wealth of the world. And I know a lot of this was fed by me tasting some, some portion of fame, you mm -hmm. know, in my music. Right. Um, but then after the rededication of Christ and after we began to get into his word and grow in him, um, we really understood when you, when you hear someone say that they were on fire for Christ because we, we began to feel that way. Awesome. And we, or we, we got so much more bold in our faith. Amen. And we began to take stock of every area of our life, including our home, what TV shows we were watching, right? Um, the magazines that were sitting around. And guys, again... I'm not even talking about pornography here. That's, right, that, right. that's a no-brainer, right? right. We, should, we should know that. And we're going to go into that in a little bit more detail, some of the specifics. We're wrapping up this program today, and we want to give a special offer, Clay. Listen, if you want a copy of Clay's book, I Surrender All, go ahead and uh, send an email to mike at blazinggrace.org, and we'll send that out to you. Um, we are glad to be partnering with ministries like Clay. Uh, blazinggrace.org is listener-supported, so we'd love to have your support couple of announcements um love to have you catch clay at in uh, largo florida coming up on the 23rd of april see his website claycross.com that's c-l-a-y-c-r-o-s-s-e.com tune in next week when we have clay cross back uh, along with his wife hopefully uh and we'll be doing part two of i surrender all this has been the blazing grace show god bless you Thank you for tuning in to this edition of The Blazing Grace Show. We trust today's broadcast helps bring you closer to God and to what God desires for your life. Blazing Grace is a listener-supported mission intended to help listeners around the world. Your support is vital in keeping that mission alive. We ask you to prayerfully consider sending a tax-deductible gift to Blazing Grace. It would be gratefully appreciated. You can send your monetary gift to Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 625. 
Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. That's Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. Want to learn more about Blazing Grace? Find us on the Internet at www.blazinggrace.org. That's www.blazinggrace.org forward slash radio dot htm on that page you'll find a downloadable copy of this show or you can visit oneplace.com under ministries look for blazing grace radio if you want help resolving a sexual addiction you can reach rob mcintyre and jason graves toll free by dialing 877-590-SOUL that's 877-590-7685 desire for a specific subject to be covered on blazing grace tell mike janung what you want covered you can email mike at mike the symbol at blazinggrace.org we look forward to sharing more blazing issues and grace-filled answers next time thanks once again for listening and may god shine his grace upon you yeah, yeah, i'm free yeah, yeah, i'm free